As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All in all, listen, we appreciate our fans and the great job they did uh, tonight. I mean, they were right with us the whole way. Appreciated uh, the way the defense played. we were we were bringing it, bringing it, bringing it, and uh, they tuned it up the whole second half. And I thought really did a nice job. And then offensively, the guys battled, and uh, you know we're fortunate to have Pat and and Kels and uh, that continuity between those two is something. I mean, it amazes me every time I have a chance to watch that. So um, and then listen, I, I can go back through, but the main thing was we won a game where we were behind a bit. It was a struggle. We were up and down, and the guys all hung together. And you got to win this. I mean, you got to be able to do this. And so, um, we accomplished that. With that, time yours. Only weird games, only the Titans, all things we've said before. I'll just get right into it. It's Time Zars here. I'm Joshua Briscoe with Nate Taylor and Seth Kaiser. And as of this moment, none of the three of us have been named the interim head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. That could change by the end of the show. It seems like they're just giving that thing out right now. But as of right now, we remain three media members talking about the Chiefs, not currently active head coaches. We'll keep an eye on that as we go. We certainly have, well, something to talk about with Chiefs and Titans. The AFC South does give this team uh, just a heck of a time every time. Uh, 20-17 to 17 in overtime in a game that the Chiefs kind of dominated by pretty much every counting stat. Uh, every bit of as weird as you could expect Chiefs-Titans to be. Uh, guys, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how you're feeling. I'm about over these primetime games. Uh, that That's not good for any of our sleep cycles. And the way the Chiefs play against AFC South teams, those games just aren't good for us, period. Yeah. Um, I'm also looking here. When is this press conference? Has a press conference started yet? Uh, which one? The, the, uh, the, the Saturday introductory, what the hell is going on? Oh, is that is that supposed to be going on about now? Oh, that'd be thrilling. I'd love to know. If it happens, uh, I will give brief updates. Please. Uh, from from Zach Kiefer, Stephen Holder, you know, <sighs> James Boy, just yeah, check in on the Colts guys. Go ahead and check in on the Colts uh, side of the athletic this week, everybody. I bet I bet there'll be something interesting to come out of it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
there was some discussion last night, fellas, about the NBC crew coming back. Now, I don't know what the rules are. I guess I should look this up. But there was some discussion among reporters that, you know, NBC, NBC may be back for a little Christmas Eve flex. Oh, no, no. Oh, no, get out. No, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. Not on Christmas Eve. No, thank you. You keep that game at noon where it belongs. I'm just that? saying it. I'm just saying, like, division. We just saw two division leaders playing on primetime and checks the standings. The Seattle Seahawks, quietly the most interesting game right now for games being scheduled in Arrowhead for the remainder of the season. Um, I just want the schedule to get easier. You knew they were, of course. I mean, you knew they were going to do this to us, you knew it. We we tried our best. You knew they were going to do this to us, and they is the Chiefs and the Titans. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, I, I I I I hugged my wife, I kissed her. When you think you'll be home, babe? Uh, um, I said I'll be I'll be pleased if it's one o'clock. Guys, they went into overtime. Yeah, they did. <laughs> And I, it was drawn out, just oh, fisticuffs. Um, I'm going back and forth as to like whether it was entertaining, um, but it was interesting. And sure, they they only play weird games, so cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I have two things. The, the first thing is that right now I'm watching Carlos Dunlap's really crucial sack late mm-hmm. in the game. And why did they lined up a running back as a yes! back? What are we and doing? And then just had to take Dunlap one-on-one. And, I mean, that guy got shed so quickly. <laughs> like, I mean, just the, the difference in their arm length. It's so apparent that I'm watching it over and over. I feel like this is what it would look like if I tried to block one of them. Now, obviously, I would get way more hurt. But I think I would (laughs) slow him down just by existing about as much as this running back did. Simply because two two molecules cannot occupy the same space at the same time. Simple physics. Because stepping over your corpse would take a second. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like because I would flop completely over backwards, it might arguably take longer because he might trip over my body. Whereas this running back stayed upright and it arguably meant that it slowed him down less. It's kind of like if you ever get taken hostage, go boneless. Don't walk with them. Go boneless. Great Which tip. You, and because, see, I, you would know that if you finally watched Psych. Don't you go boneless on me, Sean. Like you, you've got to watch that. But anyway, that's that's the first thing. It is so funny, and it's such a good demonstration, and we're going to be talking about this later, I have a feeling, about why arm length isn't dispositive, but sometimes it really matters Mm. when your arms are like seven inches longer than the other dudes. I mean, that matters. The second thing, I, you know, Nate, you'd said, I don't know if it was entertaining. I can say for me, it was much more aggravating. My wife actually called me out like, hey, you are way too tense. And I was like, Awesome. That is exactly what I needed to hear right now (laughs) was some criticism of me as a human. 
as I'm trying not to be, I know I'm too tense. I know it's stupid. Just <laughs> let me breathe. And like my, my six-year-old Lucas, he's like, I'm just like, unbelievable. That's embarrassing. He's like, what's embarrassing, dad? I'm like, look, son, if you don't stop talking to me. <laughs> I was trying so hard. Anyway, so it was not entertaining for me until later in the game. And I would just say, the the I'll just quote my uh, my introduction here to the article I wrote at like 1.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of reasons teams win games in the NFL. Sometimes it's due to having more talent. Sometimes it's due to executing the game plan better. Sometimes one coach just outfoxes the other. That's right, outfoxes. I was, I was just in my bag last night. And creates an edge throughout the matchup. Sometimes one style trumps another. Sometimes, often maybe, it's just about who gets a little more lucky. And sometimes it's because one team has the best player in the world and the other does not. And that was last night where Mahomes was just like, okay, I'm exhausted. It's time for us to go home. I'm just going to go ahead and win this game. And we're going to talk later about use it like me being back at Texas Tech and throwing the ball 60 times. Well, I really enjoyed this installment of Seth's audiobook adventure. So since yes. we're there already, uh, let's let's follow <laughs> let's follow that and go into the lead of yeah. Let's talk about Patrick Mahomes because there there are a ton of interesting things about this game. Not all of them pleasant, just like it was not always entertaining. Uh, so, which by actually, you know what? Real quick, there was a uh, a caller who called into uh, the radio show today. Who I, I think was a little older. He said something about you know he's been a, a fan of the Chiefs for as long as they've been in Kansas City, something like that. And his whole angle on his call was basically, I just, I've, I hate when the Chiefs aren't playing. I hated the bye last week because I just feel so fortunate to get to watch these players and the job they do and how excellent they are. And every week that I get to watch them, I'm just, it just is a blessing to get to watch football this good. And after that call, I felt a little bit bad about how bad I felt last night. <laughs> because, because everything you just said, Seth, I think <laughs> if I had to guess, just knowing our audience, I'm guessing there are more people who are who are experienced this game, experiencing this game through the tensed up muscles in their neck and shoulders like we were, as opposed to the guy who called in today. Just just grateful to be able to watch Patrick Mahomes play football. But it, it just was a really it felt like a really necessary, really useful perspective that I I appreciated today as I was trying to decide how much sleep I needed to uh, to survive another day after primetime game. Well, it's, got, it, it, it's a it's a. It's a, it's the right attitude to have. I think so. Yeah. And what's interesting is that, you know, I can connect this to my brief conversation last night with Clark Hunt, um, which was basically the end of my story was Clark Hunt, you know, essentially saying that like, yeah, you, you really shouldn't take this for granted. Like he team owner (laughs) trying to remind himself that like, yeah, what I just saw from like Patrick is like unique. And you're you know, you know, to his quote is basically just when you when you think you've seen it all, you see something new. And like that is that is something that like I think Chiefs fans should cherish and obviously I think they're appreciative of. How you get there is always um Tense to Seth's point. <laughs> An adventure. Yeah, sometimes yeah. it's like Jeffy from Family Circus, where it's like, okay, I don't know how we're going to get here, but it seems like the scenic route. It's not like a movie where we just cut to the fourth quarter. No, no. you have to you have to survive the first 53 minutes as I wrote my story, which is like, 
it's a simple game plan and they were dominating you um once you got out of the like that first 15 play script basically or the obviously the first two drives of the game so um it's okay to to like have proper perspective of both and i think that's um completely justified on both ends of the of the spectrum um because you know the titan said beat us left-handed actually don't beat us like let, let's tie both arms behind your back yes. beat us <laughs> yes. and then he actually did it mahomes won a fight using only headbutts yeah and kicks and knees just <laughs> Just with just just in a like like a, he Patrick here's a reference for the three of us and a couple other people. Patrick Mahomes won that football game playing like a Veggie Tail yesterday, <laughs> <laughs> just hopping around, just hopping around, holding the football with some magical force, just bounce, bounce, bounce. <laughs> if you like to run for the first down, you know what I mean. Like that's there you go, a little Veggie Tail force. Have you seen the memes Hope the children where, where people are in concert and they're playing the VeggieTale theme song to it? <laughs> it is so funny. And a couple of them are just spot on beat-wise. I don't I think one was like Drake or something, and it's the funniest thing I've seen. I'm gonna spend anyway. an hour doing that after the show today. Every time I talk about VeggieTales in front of some sort of audience that does not have a personal understanding of VeggieTales, I'm re-reminded <laughs> of how absolutely nuts it must be to hear someone describe fruits and vegetables acting out Bible stories. I just, I mean, like, I can't, you say it out loud and you hear it, right? Anyway. <laughs> Nate, you were saying. No, it's, 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 it's spot on perfect. Um, but no, like, I, I, like, I can't, I can't tend to, you know, I, I guess I'll hope I'll try to, like, think of this in, like, um, relatable terms. Uh, as like, you know, uh, we are really getting off to a great start here. <laughs> Can you anticipate doing your job? You know, you might be in a leadership position or not, but like nothing's working or like very few things are working. And, um, Is that how you feel right now? Is that what you're saying? No, 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 no. But, um, you have like, everything is on your shoulders and, not only is there a physical toll, obviously, to playing football as it accumulates over the course of a season, let alone a game, but it's the mental, like the things that you have to weigh from a mental like capacity. Guys, they didn't run the ball because they couldn't. Yeah. There's no like play action. Nope. Can't do that no more. Hey. You know, you liked all those those pop passes and jet sweeps in San Francisco. We tried it once. They stopped it. Not oh, doing yeah. it again. Like, there's no, like, every play call is drop back and do something. Like, it's, it's insane that he attempted, you know, 68 passes and really never made a single mistake. Like, the interception is... Not on him. Like, it's still a well-placed ball. Um, give credit to the defense because they knocked Kelsey sort of off his, you know, landmark. And his timing was off. But the pass was, I mean, like, that's where you would want it. Um, he had a few misreads. But, guys, everything 
was on him. Uh, one of his, probably the most honest quote he gave in the post game uh, press conference was, you know, Coach Coach Reed just kind of put it in my hands, and I was like, mm. in the moment, I was like, kind of, like, <laughs> yeah. kind of, like what? Yeah, I mean, I, I know was, you have to couch I, it, Patrick, but nah, dog, nah. The game was on you and basically the offensive line. And all right, guys, they know what we're gonna do. On two, <laughs> ready, break. I, I have, I have regained control of my faculties. I could not get the image of Patrick Mahomes running the ball like Larry the Cucumber. <laughs> And it is the most accurate thing I've ever heard and in my he life. Jukes Jeffrey, <laughs> yeah. I want to talk that talk Simmons into the dirt. And he would juke the exact same way as a vegetarian. Yeah, right? <laughs> Thank you. He would the bouncing for one day. You can hear Bob. boing boing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just uh, oh. In the way he do holds you, the ball away do, from himself, it's yes, similar to the yes. way objects just float near them when they do, grab do you, things. Do you think Sterling's caught an episode or two? Oh man, oh. has to have, right? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know exactly where. Look, there. I have a lot of questions about Veggie Tales. I just one thing that will never be a question is: Do I think about it? <laughs> I don't know. Once a month, forever. And the answer to that one is yes, of course. Uh, and then, and the pirates who don't do anything oh, features don't start. the pirates who don't do anything by relying K, which oh, is don't start. I, don't start this with me. Renee okay. was Renee was looking for a uh, a fun like sort of lighthearted uh, Halloweeny sort of thing to watch around Halloween, and I remembered specifically one episode of Scooby Doo because it included like thirty seconds of a Reliant K song. It's like let's see if I can find this specific episode. We found it. That's that's how I decided oh. my my viewing habits for half an hour was just waiting for pressing on by Reliant K to show up on my TV. Don't start with Damn. me. Those guys. We will never get the show back to football. No, it will never happen. You know what? Good call, man. They had their niche. And so I, anyway, I will sit I will sit at this this same microphone on a different podcast feed and talk about VeggieTales and Reliant K with you guys until the end of time and I will be thrilled <laughs> to do it. But I am afraid to do it here when people are ostensibly expecting more Chiefs Titans talk. Yep. I know it's a weird time for me to become self-conscious about that, but it's happening right now. I think it's nope. the VeggieTales part. I, we're, we're, we're like 16 minutes in and like four minutes was either me giggling or talking about VeggieTales. So I get it. Um <laughs> He really, he, he, he thanos it. It really yeah. was, I'll do it myself. You guys, I mean, like, you know, Kelsey had obviously a couple plays where, you know, he just wasn't as good as normal. To be fair, his catch in overtime was unbelievable. Um, that was like, a, I will never, ever, ever drop this ball. Or I'm sorry, on the scoring drive. I mean, that. It, Kelsey's unbelievable. He's such a great player, but it really was the Titans. Every now and then you have a game like Vrabel just does really well against Andy Reid stuff. And they've got a pair of really good defensive tackles and just nothing was working. And it really was like, well, it's third and 17. And I think Mom, it, would you mind like running for that? Like, yeah. would, it, would, would it inconvenience you terribly to just, I don't know, do something? Because everyone was covered and it just and it really was. It was nice. Like from everything I've seen, like, you know, Jeffrey Simmons, uh, you know, he he called Chris Jones his twin. And, you know, when talking about, you know, what was or wasn't said leading into the game, which was a whole nother topic. Mm-hmm. Um 
Simmons is a great player. I think I think he's an yeah, because he's a star. Like he's an absolute bona fide star. star. He is like he's like right up there. Like I mean, just with a lot of dudes, where he's one of the things closer to Chris Jones that you could get. He's like he's like Chris Jones light, and that's an incredibly high compliment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but man, Mahomes made him look stupid a couple times, hmm. and that has to be infuriating because he was winning his matchups inside. And then he just gets destroyed on the sideline in space. Just there's a great image of Mahomes going into the end zone and Simmons is just belly flopped. And it was just it's interesting because Mahomes, I think, missed some reads. And you alluded to that, Nate. I'm the all 22s coming out. And yeah, I'm going to take a look at some of them to see if it was within the flow of the offense, because sometimes this is just something for, for people to understand. Sometimes a receiver comes open, but it's outside the course of the progressions, and there's just no reason for the quarterback to see it, or he's already running for his life. So you've got to sync everything up. That said, I I think there were a few like that, where Mahomes made life harder on himself. But this was one of the most, like, I'll just do it myself games that I've seen from Mahomes in a long time, and not just in the Superman scramble stuff, or the Superman created yard stuff, which by the way, of, of uh, on their two scoring drives, 164 yards. I charted 81 of them as being what I call created yards mm-hmm. by Mahomes. We're just out of thin air. Yep. And and so, but he also was making some killer throws in the flow of the offense, like just going through reads, boom, 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 throw. And it was it the, was so impressive. The the throw and catch. To and from the throw from Patrick Mahomes <coughs> to Justin Watson and the Justin Watson catch is oh my goodness un unreal. I mean yeah, for well, both had, for both players that was unbelievable. That was one of his best throws of the night. Easily another one that didn't get a ton of attention was an absolute laser to Juju Smith Schuster, um, uh, to kind of the shallow left side of the field close to the slot where he just I mean just lasered that thing into him in a way that it it was just the only way the throw could possibly be made with that level of velocity and that level of accuracy. And it's just crazy to watch him just do these things at such a high level. And it's so much fun to watch regardless of some of the things that weren't so fun. It's just such a cool thing where like, even on a night where things just don't make sense, the Chiefs had like 500 yards of offense. They scored 20 points. Yep. Like, that's weird. Like, that's what, and you know, Hardman had a tough drop after he made some good plays. Like, they just, they were, they were filling out the bingo card for how Chiefs lose games. Um, Steven Ruiz, I think it was, tweeted out every, Ruiz, yeah, sorry. I really love your work, man. My bad. Um, he, He tweeted out every Chiefs loss is the same. Yep. And it is. Like, I couldn't, he said it, that was just the most like, yes. They are all the same, and were it not for Mahomes, this would have been added to the list. Oh, yeah, that that is a good way to put it, uh, as not just from Steven, but if it wasn't for Mahomes, it would have been another Chiefs loss. What I would have argued on the postgame show last night is if it was almost any other quarterback, it's just over in the third quarter. I mean, at some point, you have one of those drives where you say, and if they can't get convert here, the game's more or less over, and they don't convert, and you go, okay, well, that's it. Um, but 
I want to make sure we start with Mahomes. You guys have both given given a little bit of your angle on the Mahomes view of all of this. Seth, your piece uh, up in the uh, the Chief of the North newsletter, mnchiefsfan.substack.com, and Nate's piece up in the Athletic, the uh, the post game breakdown of it all, both centered around, of course, number fifteen. Just check those out. Um, the created yard stuff that you referred to, Seth, is just absolutely bonkers. I had to read that part twice. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. If we have the uh, the the foundation of the Mahomes storyline pretty much laid out, I think we got to get to the defense because if it wasn't for the defense, a, a an even better Patrick Mahomes performance probably wouldn't have been enough. Now, obviously, Malik Willis started this game, um, and and Ryan Tannehill was out, so the Titans didn't want him to pass any more than they did last week, and it was very very little both times. But the Chiefs' defense continually just gave the ball back to an offense that. Rarely, but in this case, was not holding up its end of the bargain. So yeah. how, how do you guys uh, make all of that make sense? How much of that is the opposing quarterback? How much of it is what the Chiefs were able to do? And and frankly, I'll just I was going to ask you guys if you were surprised. I believed in the Chiefs defense entering this game, but I got a little spooked in the first half and they were lights out in the second. Yeah, um, the Chiefs defense, what we've learned through eight games is that this is as a collection, a just a much better tackling group. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, even though the uniforms look the same and obviously Derrick Henry is who he is like those runs in the first half um, can be explained in some ways, but it was a bit unusual because you just hadn't seen those type of runs really all year. Even when they played the Raiders and Josh Jacobs, that was part of a mid-game adjustment, which I thought was, uh, you know, intelligent by the Raiders at the time to go to just six offensive linemen. And without Willie Gay, like, guess what happens? Like, they could be gashed uh, from time to time. But the explosive runs, um, when they are, it's funny, it's like fans, you want the coaching staff to make adjustments. Well, kids, we have evidence of what you want in last night's game. They started Leo Chanel because he had third round pick. 
It did not go well. <laughs> so they didn't play him in the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, They made adjustments to say, just because you want us in base doesn't mean we have to play base. So all of a sudden, Legereus Sneed's whole second half is basically as a linebacker, except for one <laughs> snap where they were like, well, you know, we, we used to do this thing where we had A.J. Brown. Why don't we just try that, but without A.J. Brown? Like, <laughs> like, which everything about Mike Vrabel's game plan and his coaching staff game plan was pretty picture perfect. And the scenario played out very well outside of like, y'all telling me y'all throwing the Austin Hoopler? Austin Hooper? Yeah, one on one is go route? Against Trent McDuffie? Y'all trying to get them PIs? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, what? Oh, this team so, could really use a big number one <clears throat> receiver. In in the prime of their careers. Yeah. You know? They're just really um, hard to find, especially, you know, drafting them is really hard. Once they get drafted, those teams always lock them up, so it just doesn't, you know? Doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, but no, I, I think Spagnolo made... You know, appropriate adjustments. Um, you know, I thought Legere Snead was really excellent in just making sure that he, I think he and, and and tell me, you know, what your thoughts are on this, Seth. But like Legere Snead and 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 Willie Gay really forced Derrick Henry, you're not getting to the outside. You're not getting to the outside. And mm-hmm. guess who's our most shorthanded tackler? It's Nick Bolton. Chris Jones and surprisingly Colin Saunders. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the Chiefs did a good job anticipating when passes were going to come. Bootlegs, you know, hey, little play actions, hey, little screens here and there. Like they quickly adjusted, made all the right, you know schematic moves, personnel moves, and then they didn't miss tackles in the second half. And I think it seems, you know, pretty boring, which kind of sounds like the Tennessee Titans defense when not playing Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) If you just are disciplined, like you don't make glaring mistakes in assignment or coverage, and then if you just tackle the ball carrier... You can get off the field. You can have like productive days, performances. And, you know, I think because of the snap count disparity, like the Chiefs had 90 snaps, like at some point, yeah, Jeffrey Simmons is going to get tired. But as the game moved along, the, the Chiefs defense got better. And I think that is something that Steve Spagnolo is one of the better defensive coordinators because you can only you know, theoretically do so much with the players you have. But if you make those one to two to maybe three adjustments correctly, then all of a sudden Derrick Henry's got to run through two guys. And you are seeing just the, you're just seeing the scheme better and you're just playing more fundamentally sound. And it's not glamorous to talk about, but you know, um, luxurious need is a really good nickel cornerback. Um, even though he didn't have like a quote unquote highlight, 
I think he really gave Nick Bolton and obviously the guys up front did a did, just did a much better job in the second half. And then Malik Willis had a few plays where they don't have AJ Brown, and so now you can't force the defense to do something else because you don't have the player to make a highlight to get the defense out of an adjustment that is clearly working for them. Seth, what'd you see? Um, I one thing I saw that they did in the second half to adjust is they they were constantly bringing a uh, a fifth guy to the line. Yep. You know, you line up with kind of a bare front five guys right at the line of scrimmage. Um, they also stopped filling around with their linebackers. Um, now, what does I, that mean? <laughs> <laughs> Say it with your chest, Seth. Willie Gay Jr. is the best linebacker in Kansas City. <gasps> and he, 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 for one reason or another, I'm sure if it was ever talked about at length, I'm sure there'd be a perfectly reasonable explanation for why he gets taken off the field as often as he does. You know, he played 57% of the snaps against the Niners. Um, and against the Titans, he played 72%. So that's more. I, I for the life of me, can't figure it out. Um, why you would pull Willie Gay Jr. off the field in favor of Chanel or or Harris or, honestly, Bolton, to, if you're in, like, a single linebacker. Yeah, and in, in Dime, it's clear that they've made the decision. And partly it might be because of play, like, you know, pre-snap, Alignments, yeah, yeah, green dot guy, yeah, green dot guy. Like it's 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 just Nick Bolton. And by the way, your most reliable tackler. Um, the other two things, Seth, is in the San Francisco game. It was told to me after the fact, and you know, it wasn't not it wasn't super relevant at the time because they just torched the Niners, but they were clearly putting Willie Gay on a pitch count. Um, and then for this game, um, this is a slow ramping up. Because um, check notes, Willie Gay has never played a full season healthy before. Now, statistically, it'll look off this year if everything goes well because he was suspended for four games. But I think there is a little bit of like trying to manage him through the course of November, December, so that like he's still healthy in January, if that makes sense. I am willing to accept that as an answer, but it... It's it's frustrating to watch in real time, you know when when you see like that big if if you and if you, if you go back and watch Derrick Henry's biggest run, Willie Gay Jr. was nowhere to be found on the field, and then frankly Leo Chanel was nowhere to be found near the play because he was on he, the field to be clear. He yeah, just no, he, he 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 didn't anticipate a second level essentially cut block. And he got his legs taken out from under him. His lack of, of phone booth agility was kind of exposed there, I think. Um, and, and these are all things that you can learn and build from. And, and Chanel's said to be a real smart player. I'm sure he will. But it was it was an ugly, ugly snap. And it was an ugly one for Bolton, too. He got reached at the second level. And to bring things back around to the Carlos Dunlap discussion, when you are a linebacker with, un, with kind of unusually short arms and you're trying to shed blocks, that's tough. That's just tough to do when guys have arms three or four inches longer than yours. And you can make up for it with some with core strength, but it's there. there's a reason why Bolton struggles shedding blocks. Now, should that be his primary thing? No, of course not. 
but he's not really a block shedding linebacker, but he also doesn't have gaze athleticism or, you know, people often try to make the comparison to Derek Johnson. Derek Johnson was an athletic freak, an absolute freak athlete. Hey, hey, hey kids, if y'all got time, look at that Derek Johnson, Texas highlight tape. Oh my goodness. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. When he, and, and I just, he's one of those players in that whole group. With um with Tom Bahali and Jamal Charles that really like you get these guys that were so good and they get a little bit lost in history. And he's one of them because he was so good. And, and but but the thing with him, he wasn't really a block shedder either. But when you run like a four four forty, that changes things a little bit. And no, so it, it was just clips. a frustrating experience watching the Chiefs linebackers <laughs> early on. They made some adjustments. Um, I would really love to see Colin Saunders get on the field more because he looks strong at the point of attack and he flows to the ball better than Derek Nadi does. And so on some of these uh, some of these these zone runs, he can get to the spot or he can flow back to you know to the, these these cut these these backdoor cuts that they're taking he can he can actually adjust to that whereas not he just can't he, he just that's just not his game so you know between them getting more guys up front they recognized after like you know after a few kind of disastrous runs they were like oh we don't need to respect the pass like at all oh and so from there on he kind of got like the jordan love treatment <laughs> where spags one thing i love about spags as a coach is he will spam something if it's working. And he will do it, I mean, almost to the point to where it's almost uncomfortable. <laughs> where you like, you like feel bad because you know the other side, hey, they're like, dude, hey, they're hey. doing the same thing. Hey, if you want the rookie quarterback to check to a go route, there's a one-on-one <laughs> match just looking right at you. Yep, here you go, buddy. Is there a safety back there? Heck no. No, He's go, go right ahead. That guy's within five yards of the line of scrimmage. Why don't you go nuts, rookie? Hey, is that AJ Brown over there? (laughs) No. Is that AJ Brown? Nope. (laughs) Um, Yeah, is that Jamar Chase? Is that, yeah. And then in the meantime, we're sending it seven dudes at you right now. (laughs) And it's fun to watch. Um, But yeah, he, Malik Willis, he's not really, he's not ready yet. They knew that. Um, I, I'm curious. Vrabel's a really good coach. I expected more of a read option based attack. Um, but the Chiefs did a great job adjusting to it and making sure that they had someone else flying in to cover the edge. Yeah. G- while yeah. someone else was was taking on the uh taking on the the mesh point. Um a massive uh, shout out to like George Karloftis, who did a very good job when put in that sort of like read option look in the second half. Yes. They've really kind of used him. Um, and Mike Dana, shout out to Mike Dana, who I've watched a few of these snaps. I've actually charted every Saunders snap now. I'm going to write about him next. But, you know, Mike Dana's winning some one-on-ones. Just shout out to him, too. And mm-hmm. they're kind of they're kind of using Karloftis as maybe like a souped up Mike Dana, who's got more athleticism. And it just ends up with him being moved all over the place. But you kind of end up, you know, you're, you're like the problem solver. So it's it's interesting to watch. Colin Karlofta says souped up Mike Dana. I will I I won't tell you what my facial expression was when you said that, but it, it wasn't thrilled. <laughs> and I like Mike Dana too. That was it's, sort of 
It's year one, during. Josh. Year one. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Year one. I, look, if that's what he is in year one, that's to- that's totally fine. That's totally, totally fine. If that's his entire career path, I will be whelmed. But if that's year one, I'm I'm good with it. Um, I just wanted to put a pin in the idea of of what you guys thought when when Malik Willis was on the run more often. Because I think the only real moments in this game, now, not that I wasn't very close to being wrong plenty times over. I'm not like, hey, I was confident and that makes me smart. I'm saying I was confident and I was dumb and wrong for most of it. But the only time when I was really like, oh, the Chiefs might... Chiefs might get run out on this one. This this might end up this might end up being one of those nightmare games where not only can the offense not score, but the other offense finds something. Malik Willis on the move and just a whole bunch of read options to Derrick Henry or himself. Those those little uh, Malik Willis around the edge runs were the times that I was really second guessing if the Chiefs are going to be able to hold on to this one. It, 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 because I always believed that the offense was going to figure it out. I'm not sure they did, but it's what I believed was going to happen. Yes. And even despite there not being much evidence of that by the end, my process was bad, but the result was, I guess, fine. Uh, but I, I really got nervous when when Malik Willis started moving with the ball in his hands. I, I'm just curious if that if that uh, caught you guys as well. And, and again, maybe how the Chiefs were adjusting there with the edges and those guys. I I think the Titans were in a were in a interesting spot because you don't want to expose the rookie too much to to too much contact, too much physicality. Um, because look, you don't know when Ryan Tannehill's gonna play again. Because uh, by the way, he looked in pregame like I'm only doing this to just <laughs> to do my job. He did some gamesmanship like, warmups. Yeah, he was like, so if I just like throw ten yards without moving, that'll tell him that I'm that I'm that I'm that I'm a game time decision, right? <laughs> Guys, he wasn't moving at all. No. He was not doing traditional dropbacks, uh, as they say. Um, so if you have that thought, and it's like, man, is he going to be ready for the next game, or is it going to take him two weeks to get comfortable? Um, yeah, I don't know if you, you know, it's tough. Like, you have to anticipate the 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 in the moment in the game, also weighing out the the, the course of the year, because, hey, they're, they're supposed to win the AFC, uh, AFC South by default. Um but you know, uh, you gotta have a quarterback to do that. So uh, I think, um, I think them stopping some of that read option stuff in the third quarter. Um, and honestly, I know that. I know. I know. <laughs> I know what Seth said. I mostly agree. Um, but look, man. I mean. They're running a screen pass to get into field goal range, and Nick Bolton made the biggest play of the of the of the game on defense, in my opinion. Just nope, not no, 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 nope, 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 nope. No field goal <laughs> for you. You will punt. I will give Patrick Mahomes in the offense one more chance. Um. So, the honest answer, and I think this is what Chiefs fans hope and what has kind of been the anticipation really since they played the Titans last year was let's let's have Willie Gay and Nick Bolton because as long as those two guys are healthy and playing together most of the snaps if not all of them to Seth's desires uh they can be competent if not above average um but yeah Willie Gay crashing down from the edge um and Nick Bolton snuffing out screen passes in the second half. I mean, it was, it was, um, it was a real bare bones, just old school football game. Like, 
I know we haven't talked about it, Josh. Um, can you just explain to people the <laughs> the sequence? <laughs> the Titans are like, cool, you guys scored a touchdown. That's great. It's 15-17. What you're not going to do is get sits up for a two-point conversion. Can you explain to, to people just what it was like watching the two-point conversion sequence where they're like, and another flag, and another flag, and just, nope, like, no, 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 um, no, 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 hey, they actually schemed, they actually schemed a play around us. Can you clothesline McCall Hartman for me? <laughs> I, I want to know what it was like at Arrowhead also. I will tell you, I had two thoughts really going through my head at that time. One was that I had flashbacks to that Chargers game from uh, a handful of years ago. I can't remember if that was untimed downs and fourth down at, at the goal line or what that was, but it's the only thing I like it. I've, I've seen as a football fan. And so I had a little bit of trauma there. Um, and also I was shouting at the television, asking the chiefs if they had any interest in trying to get another possession, if they didn't score eight points on this drive, <laughs> because they were running a four minute offense down by eight. Um, and so that, that made me very nervous just leading up to the touchdown and, and two point conversion. And then, yeah, it was just like, Oh, nope. Uh, you can't kill the chiefs. Unfortunately you can't. Oh, you stopped them. Ah, you actually can't. You thought you were going to stop them. And then finally they, they end up converting, um, by Patrick Mahomes doing the Patrick Mahomes thing again. Like he, he scored the octopus. He had the touchdown and the two point conversion. That's eight points for one player on the ground being the quarterback. Uh, it it felt like a pretty good encapsulation of how I felt for some good chunks of that game, which was, oh, the Chiefs are going to figure this out here. I'm pretty sure. Well, maybe not. Oh, well, hold on. Mahomes just did a thing. And it's a tie game, which which <laughs> is sort of my Cliff's Notes version of the of the game itself. Seth, I'm sure you were very calm through all that. I um when they scored and they were finally starting to move the ball a little more comfortably, and you could tell Mahomes had kind of hit this next level, I was starting to feel a little bit better about life. Um, so I, 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 was, I was anticipating a dub at that point, mm. partly because it had become so clear that the Titans offense, like you're talking about them running the mm. four minute offense. Mm. I was just like, even if they get the ball back with, with two minutes, as long as the chiefs have their timeouts, they're going to stop them and they'll get the ball back. Like it, they just clearly, they couldn't do anything. Once the chiefs had kind of bottled up Henry, it, it was over. Um, because, and that's the reason why Tannehill makes them a better team, um, you know, and adds so much to, to, to Henry, despite not being a great quarterback, but he's a really good downfield thrower and he will hang tough in the pocket and deliver strikes down the field, right? That one ability is enough to really move the needle because it makes play action super deadly. And that's yep. how they started to run up scores like last year. And that was the difference between that game and this game where like the Chiefs still weren't doing much, but they just, the Titans weren't scoring 27 points. And so I was a little more relaxed at that point, but you, you, you could really tell they were like, okay, if we just get this figured out. Let's just, it was a home game. So the same mentality though, like, let's just get to the plane alive with a win. It's like, well, what do you mean plane? We're at home. Nope, we're going to a plane. We're just, <laughs> we're, we're going to leave for a weekend. I, it takes some time. Yeah. And it was, it, at that point, I was a little less stressed. Um, but yeah, it was still just, it felt like it, it was just so much more difficult than it had to be. I can honestly say, I would just as soon not see the Titans in the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. Same. I'm, I'm good with it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your, uh, 
your efforts at Arrowhead. Um, good luck in the AFC South. And if somebody else could play you in the first round, I'd really appreciate it. Well, yeah, base, um, well, if both teams win their divisions, then they won't play each other in the first round. What this means is, is that, I mean, Saturday afternoon, sign me up for Chargers Titans. Perfect. A perfect game. In Nashville. Yeah, yeah, perfect game between two teams who I couldn't possibly understand less and fear more at the same time. Right. Because, I uh, mean, you know, uh, Derrick Henry is going to be just fine. Um, I think the Titans will be just fine. Um, I just, you know, I don't play. I'm going to Google this real quick. I don't play um, with my money a ton, you know. But, I, you know, poker, you know. I can see the appeal, you know, uh, in terms of the chip rankings, you know, do we, do we say, do we, is it all, is it all understood that blue chips are the best chips or the highest I think so. level? I, I think I just, you're, you know, you're a, the phrase blue chip player has, has gotten so far into yeah. my head that I, I, I would assume so. Yeah, because there's like white chips, red chips, blue chips. The Tennessee Titans' entire defense is red chips. Yeah. Mm. Like, so red, you ain't got to know their names. Okay? Yeah. I know we <laughs> shouted out Jeffrey Simmons. He trending purple. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> David Long, you are a red chip, sir. Uh, I mean... Danico Autry, just a classic red chip player. Oh, so good. Uh, Kevin Byron, we all know who he is, right? Right, sir? Gentlemen? Gentlemen? What is he? He's a red chip player. <laughs> okay. Terrence Mitchell. Anybody, anybody remember him? Yeah, I imagine he was out there. He was a red chip player yesterday, guys, because he was great in coverage. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. hey, you know, so was a red chip player. Every one of the rotational defensive linemen they yeah. brought in for a breather, a bunch of red yep. chips. Don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it. Um, but they just don't beat themselves. And I wonder from Chiefs fans how like tantalizing that is on the other side, because like the Chiefs are so talented that they can overcome mistakes, both on offense and defense. The Tennessee Titans have boiled this down to we got to value these red chips and these red chips cannot make mistakes. And that's why they're red chips. And it's it's so cool from a stylistic like matchup. Um, But sometimes like the coach is a blue chip compared to your red chip and the quarterback and and for Seth's, you know, preference of the defensive tackle and like yeah, so it, it's. I don't know if fans will want to see a a, a a slightly different version of this in the postseason, um, but for these once a year division leaders have to play each other or division winners, I should say, have to play each other on the schedule the following year. Like it's, it's cool and fun and weird. Like it's just, it fits perfectly for a October November NFL game. And they're going to play every year because obviously they're playing the whole division this year. But like you just said, the, the division winners in this in the conference, Titans are going to win the division. Chiefs are going to win the division and they're going to keep doing this for the rest of time. I don't, it doesn't matter who their coach is or who the quarterback. It'll be Rabel and some dude and they'll every one of those games will be a four point spread. 
Um, you mentioned Derrick Henry earlier and, and what the the defense was able to do once he looked bottled up. I just wanted to give the stat that I tweeted out last night. Um, and Seth, I had to read your response to it like three times because it was like 2 a.m. And I was so afraid that I was going to have to have just any sort of Twitter interaction after 2 a.m. Never a good idea. But I, I think we I think we saw the same thing from this in, in Derrick Henry's final stat line. Um, he had the 56 yard carry and the 24 yard carry for 80 yards on two carries. He then had a remaining 15 carries that that amassed a total of 35 yards, an average of 2.3 yards per carry. Um, I just, I think that is worth noting in the overall narrative of how this game went because Derrick Henry is an excellent player. And when we talk about beating the chiefs on the ground, it, the idea of, Oh, he averaged 6.8 yards per carry. You know, you could run on the chiefs defense. And what really happened there was those big plays we've already talked about with Darius Harris, Nick Bolton, and Leo Chanel all seeing God at the same time, and his name is Derek. And his name is the entire offensive line of the uh, Tennessee Titans. And then the rest of the game, he was just another guy out there. Uh, Especially, uh, of course, you would, like you said, Seth, once it was revealed that this was the most one-dimensional offense that I think you could ever ask for. Um, It was one speed. But even then, I, I find that really interesting, just as as a response to one of the narratives that has sort of long surrounded um, the Titans, Derrick Henry, even the Chiefs defense across a, a number of years, just just find that noteworthy and, and keeping in mind going forward. couple of big plays, you can't have those, but beyond mm-hmm. that, they did a really good job with Derrick Henry. Yeah. Yeah. And what I had responded was that it's demonstrative of the problem trying to win purely with the run game. Because even if you average a really like crazy ideal six yards per carry, right? Most people would say, yeah, if you're averaging six yards per carry, run the ball, run the ball like crazy. But the problem is it's not a pure six yards per carry, you know, and you can't count on the run game to pick up chunk yards on demand the same way that you can with the passing offense. You know, and so what that means is it's not six, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Touchdown. If you're doing that. Hey, throw in a different number, dog. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's my new ringtone right there is Seth summoning the beast. That was incredible. No, 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 no. So, so say you're averaging seven yards per carry and it's seven, seven, seven. Holy Jesus. Yeah, loves you. Seven, 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 seven. <laughs> you, you were created with a purpose. Seven, 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 seven. There we go. Um, <laughs> had to bounce that out a little bit. <laughs> some truth this lovely Monday. Anyway, so it's not just that. If, if you're doing that, yeah, by all means, if it's never under four yards and it's often over seven yards, great. The problem is what it is instead is it's seven, 10. Wow, great. Then one, two. And suddenly you're facing third and long. And there's not a lot of run plays called up for third and long, people. There's just not. So sooner or later, you have to throw the ball, even if you're running the ball well. You've got to be able to convert third and long at certain points. And the Titans just couldn't do it. So it was just demonstrative, this idea, well, if you just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Well, no. Even if you run the ball technically successfully from a st- statistical standpoint, it's not enough. Um, the way we can explain this point even further, Seth, is every time I think about what you just said in terms of consistency and reliability, it's why Johnny Unitas is who he is in the framework of the NFL fabric. Just the idea of like, 
we used to play games like this. <laughs> yeah. And then the Colts were like, dog, how are we going to get down the field against <laughs> the Giants in Yankee Stadium? Oh, my God. That was a chunk play because Johnny Unitas was the only guy on earth who could throw the football. <laughs> and they like called the only- it the greatest game ever played. Because <laughs> he led a game-winning drive throwing the football the first time. A two-minute drill in a championship moment. And we still call it the greatest game ever played. Yet, we just watched Patrick Mahomes last night. That that is doing what he did in that era is unbelievable. Unbelievable! Like it, it really it was like watching a different sport. And just to circle back to Mahomes, and I know I know we gotta go, but it is interesting, you know, when you point to certain players changing the sport. I think I might die on the hill that there were quarterbacks who played in some ways similarly to Mahomes before Mahomes. Um, the most obvious examples being Elway and Favre. Um, maybe Rodgers to an extent, mm-hmm. but he kind of had his own unique style. But I don't think it's a coincidence that now after Mahomes is in the league, you have Josh Allen, you have Kyler Murray, you have um, you know Justin Herbert, you have guys with physical traits trying to do things from weird arm angles, and you're seeing it more and more. You know what Tyler Wilson is? He's a failing Patrick Mahomes experiment. Although they just beat the Bills, so what do I know? But guys are... Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Tyler Wilson was a long time ago. He also looks like a Tyler, so I forgive you. Yeah, no, yeah, he really does. That dude, there's no way his actual name is Zach. That dude's name is Tyler. That's Zach Zach Tyler Wilson, no question. Yeah, but no, Tyler Wilson was a quarterback came out the same year as Geno Smith, which apparently we're coming full circle with Geno Smith. Um... But it's just interesting, like, Johnny Unitas, obviously, to ever change the game as much as he did is almost impossible, right? But Mahomes, I think, is an inflection point on the league where people are finally considering what quarterbacks can do that doesn't necessarily have to look a certain way. We've had players start to kind of push the envelope before, but they are always considered these outliers, like, ah, no, you know, you can't. And and obviously he is the most outlery outlieriest of the outliers. I've always thought you said that weird that word strangely, and right then it became it became like really hard to overlook. Is it outlier? I've just only ever I think I've only I ever heard outlier. We have done I, this before. We to, it's totally possible. We we oh. are due for a couple of reruns by now. <laughs> but it's just it's an interesting thing when you talk about people that have changed the game. I think we are watching that. Yeah. With Patrick Mahomes, and and it's it's just a cool thing. Um, I I want to kind of do like maybe a, a last round of uh, honorable mentions as we hit the end of the show, but the, I'm gonna go ahead and use mine now, and it's not really for myself to talk about them. I just want to make sure that um I, my memory is not very good. I feel like it's getting worse in my old age. Um, I I just cannot remember what we said about Kadarius Tony last week. Um. I don't know. Seth, do you remember anything that you maybe said? Or Nate, you remember anything that any of us said about Kadarius Tony and like what would happen if he was yeah, on the field I mean, early? You know, if my if you know, I think I have a pretty good memory. And I think it wasn't you, and and it, it certainly wasn't me. Definitely wasn't either of us that said anything about it. I don't him. yeah, I I I really don't think that's 
you know, the more I think about it, someone on this show said that he was going to be uh, the, 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 just the biggest decoy. And on the first know, play of the game in particular, I believe that the other person on this, uh, somebody else yeah, on the show said, I don't want to say know, person, but anybody else. You and, know, and, and, and you, you know, you said you'd bet the mortgage. Was that your phrase? Am I, am I imagining that? I don't know, but we all know I didn't mean it. So, I mean, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> it was all reverse psychology. You just wanted to see him with the ball in his hands. I, I, when they actually threw the ball to Tony, I was like, "Wow, no kidding!" Yeah, like, good, me too. Good for you, Andy. Way to not overthink it. Like, it's like, yeah, let's just see how he does. And look, one route, and then one quick throw, and then a couple of crushing blocks. Andy reached out to those out in his presser today. He sounded giddy about it. No, those were that. That was Tony's a stronger dude than he gets credit for, mm-hmm. and he is ready. Like you could tell, he's like, okay, okay, you like you didn't see him laying those blocks in New York. Like it's like, oh, you want me to hit a DN? Nah, I'm cool. Like mm-hmm. I saw, you know, and, and so it was it was fun to watch. And he he put one defender in a spin cycle on one of his catches, kind of running his the the man can run a whip route. We know this. Now it's like, well, okay, now what? And and I'm excited. He he can move and he can do some things. I'm excited, but we'll see. Can I can I read you a tweet from Jay Nilla, my homie Please. in Indianapolis? Please you know, do. I, I, I used to cover the Indiana Pacers. Um I love Jay Nilla. And I hope he I hope somebody gets out to him. I might tell him. I think this is a perfect time. Dan Orlovsky said on NFL Live that Jeff Saturday has been talking with him in depth about the Colts and their issues for at least the last month or so and asking him, Dan Orlovsky, what he sees on tape. I'm guessing Jim Irsey had this up his sleeve for a while now. It sounds like amateur hour. I refuse to be the first one to talk. Your podcast, hey, <laughs> listeners, your podcast app hasn't crashed, but we have. So <laughs> don't. This page intentionally left blank. <laughs> <laughs> this is someone who roots for the Indianapolis Colts. Just. He's been trying to. Just wanted to why sprinkle didn't Jim that in say there. hire Dan Orlovsky? <laughs> Did you see the tweet earlier that. Uh, you know what number? What uh, step number one is for I Jeff can't. Saturday to figure out who's calling plays Please. on Sunday? Who's calling plays, folks? It's Monday. <laughs> they fired their offensive coordinator, benched their quarterback, and now fired their head coach, who was an offensive quarterback guy. And they don't know who's calling plays on Sunday. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was too good to pass up. I'm glad you didn't. I'm glad that's a fine place in this show. I here's what I'll say. Also, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate it if Jeff Saturday was awesome. I think it'd be kind of funny. I, I don't. There are lots of procedural questions I would have. Um, some of them. Oh, there are very, plenty. Some of them oh, very, oh. very silly. Some of them very serious. Lots of lots of ways you can take a, take a crack at it. But holy bleep, if the Colts didn't get more um, entertaining today, I, I don't know. Also, uh, Zach Wilson's middle name is is Capono. K-A-P-O-N-O. Could have given me, I don't know, infinite guesses, and I would have just sat here forever <laughs> trying to get that one, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I would have never gotten that. that the was... family name? I don't know. It 
I have no idea. I'm not sure where it comes from, but it should be <sighs> Tyler. We've all agreed. <laughs> do we think, do we really think, do we really think that Jim Irsay has just been sitting up there thinking, you know what, whenever, we're going to go through every other step first. We're going to go, we're going to just go in order before I break glass for Jeff Saturday in case of emergency. Quarterback, I, offensive coordinator, head coach in three consecutive weeks, I think, right? Yeah, I, I think I think Jim is just kind of doing stuff. You know what I mean? Like, which yeah. obviously he's doing stuff. But I mean, this is what happens. I, this is what happens when you have control, but you don't really know. And so then you end up talking to people that you think know. And and look, does Jeff Saturday know ball? Of course. Like, no one's no one's out here saying, oh, I bet Jeff Saturday doesn't know anything about football. I mean, that's dumb. But there's a legitimate question as to whether he knows anything about being a coach at the NFL level. Like, yeah. I mean, great players don't always or even often make great coaches. Yeah. And- Try something weird, man. I'm I'm here for something a little different, but this this sort of feels like when there was a rumor that the Browns were going to hire Condoleezza Rice, and everyone was like, "That can't possibly be true, right?" Like, well, it's just it's it's like Jim Ursay, like when people were like, "Well, I guess Peyton Manning was too committed to the Manning cast," was one of yeah. my favorite jokes people made. I would, and lately I've I've, I've been wrong on my bets um, and have suffered no consequences for it, so I might as well keep doing it. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I would be willing to bet that. Jim Ursay probably did talk to Peyton Manning first. Yeah. Maybe even talk to Marvin Harrison. You know, it's just whoa, like. Hey, whoa. Maybe, maybe not Marvin hey, Harrison. Uh, also, Reggie Wayne is on the current staff. Yeah. Reggie, Reggie Wayne Wayne's exists. on the staff. Like, I, I, I just feel like it's one of those things like he like, okay, who do I respect? And I'll ask him. But that's not like how this works, or at least how it should work. And that's the problem with having one decision maker is that they just get to make decisions and they make them based off the best information they have. But I mean, that doesn't, you know what I mean? It's like, who do I really respect? I really respect a lot of people, but that doesn't mean like, like my, 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 one of my best friends and my pastor's name is Josh. There's way too many Josh's in my life. So anytime I bring up Josh, my wife's like, which Josh radio, Josh or pastor Josh. She can't figure Mm. it out by context clues. Mm, uh, you'd be mm. you'd be astounded, <laughs> but like I respect him more. Than Holy smokes! The press conference got delayed to eight o'clock Eastern time. No, what? night? Yes. <laughs> Is he? Gonna, what's the latest? What's Jim? the latest non-game day NFL press conference you've ever oh covered? I think it might God. be noon, one thirty, maybe a draft day press Do conference. Do they know that Monday Night Football's on tonight? Right. I mean, by the way, this is also the same franchise for better or for worse where Josh McDaniels was like, nah, dog, I'm good. Actually, yeah. actually, yeah. have you heard the word renege? Because <laughs> I got to I gotta go. I, it's just oh, what I was just going to say have is, delayed Jeff Saturday's press conference <laughs> twice now. That's because they have people laughing at them. Oh and they're like, my oh, wait. God. But just because I respect Josh. And I just want to clarify, not Josh Briscoe. Yeah. Uh, just because I, I respect Josh a ton <laughs> as my friend and as my pastor doesn't mean I'm going to call him and say, hey, I've got this big felony domestic violence case. I need you to be my co-counsel. Because that's not the same thing. And I feel like sometimes NFL owners and just rich dudes in general, or maybe people in general, don't get it. 
just because you know someone and you like someone and you respect someone doesn't mean they're the right fit for a job that you happen to have control over. And that's why they're delaying that press conference. Because right now, Jim's like, well, I already said it. Like, there's no takesies, backsies. It's just an interim. I mean, who cares? It's an interim coaching job. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just, just, yeah. You guys are acting like this is permanent. I mean, just relax a little. (laughs) If if he was on the staff, this would totally be a non-issue. Oh, kind of weird that they promoted offensive line coach Jeff Saturday straight to the head coach position. But he was on ESPN like this. We had Field Yates on the show today and he talked about like just seeing him around ESPN, like just just being friends. And I I, I offered Field the chance to uh, to get the Broncos head coaching job when it becomes open up here in a little while, because I really feel like they ought to try something different, too. <laughs> they ought to try something different. You they know, should so, bring McDaniels back. So, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, sometimes the schedule doesn't benefit you. And it's it's unfortunate that the Raiders are the first AFC West opponent to play the Colts. Yeah. Um, in this circumstance, not the Chiefs, who have already lost to this team. So it's uh, it's one of the more nuttier NFL seasons I can remember. And at some point today, I was like, I'm gonna just stop texting people because why? I know y'all. I know what y'all saying. I know what y'all feel. And I can just move on with my day and do my job. But <laughs> you know. Can ESPN cut in, like, picture in picture this bad boy? And I know by the time you listen to this, we will obviously have some level of information as to what Jeff Saturday's vision is for the Indianapolis Colts. But come on, ESPN. They gave you an extra two hours. Get a truck up there. (laughs) (laughs) 